It's time to make it a podcast. <laughs> I want to see the whole world, and I want to write down everything. What? Whoa, whoa. Do 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 Curiously, Harrison lives for his cats. Wow! <laughs> but his work is for the birds. In any case, his cages are the most beautiful I've ever seen. I dig your groovy tunes, man. Can you hear me? I said I dig your groovy tunes, man. <laughs> April Luckgate making her debut. You want to say it? You bet I do. I've been waiting to use that drop for a while. <laughs> it's fun. Fart, fart, fart. Breath, fart at. Every week it's a dope DJ performance. Can do, friend. Hey, Angie and Jeff, what's up? Hey, Hey, what's up? (laughs) (laughs) I said, man, nice to see you again after uh, last week's wonderful cameo surprise from our dear friend, uh, Katie. Hey, it's Jeff, Prince Jeffrey. Queen Bees. And Queen Bees in the house, uh, ready to talk to you about movies. This is episode 20 of Cruel to Rewind, the show where we take turns showing each other our favorite childhood movies for the first and possibly the last time. It's great to be with you. Uh, I hope you're being careful if you're on the West Coast. Some, some of the photos coming out of California look like something the Mars rover beams back to Earth. Like, it is unsettling. It is. I am, I am thoroughly unsettled uh, this week. But we still, we're, we're prepared still to be silly with you and give you silly audio. I, I got up early this morning and practiced being silly. I'm prepared to be silly. I noticed a tendency for this program to get rather silly. How did you practice to be silly? I just kind of talked to myself. I just locked myself in the bathroom and oh. like turn the fan on so you can't hear. Just sort of talk oh, to Oh, that's why the fan's on. Yeah, and I was scatting a bunch because cool. scat singing plays heavily into mm-hmm. today's episode. Just trust us; it's fun. You heard a little bit up front. <laughs> don't don't back away yet. I dig your groovy tunes, man. I think you'll dig it. I think you'll dig these uh, these swinging cat audio tracks. Lots of uh, lots of jazz in today's episode, for better or worse. Hope you don't turn it off. And a lot of Rosie O'Donnell. Press. Mm-hmm. So, Queen Bees, my queen, how are you? Are you are you good? I'm great. I know we're unsettled. Yeah, but luckily it's a beautiful day here. The Midwest is, is um, you know, things in the Midwest are just kind of, uh, they're, what's 
sword, I want to say. It's Things very, are just a little slower around these parts. They're just reliable with the weather. It's gotten a little bit cooler because it is September. I don't know. People we, look you in the eye and say, please and thank you around here. We're not having any fires or any tornadoes or anything yes. crazy. Like things are just pretty typical. Ample fresh water. So, thanks to giant lakes. It, it, it feels good here. I wish other people were here too and not in the line of fire. <laughs> Literally the line of fire. Yes, Literally. I agree. I agree. We have so many friends and loved ones on the West Coast. Please be careful. We're thinking of you. Um, keep us posted. One of the things to take a hit during COVID is uh, basic social etiquette and decorum and just interactions with people. <laughs> like when I, we were going on a walk this morning. Our neighborhood's great for taking walks. That'll actually play into this episode later. But uh, usually when I when we pass by someone, I sort of force a tight-lipped smile and like power walk away from them or maybe even a light jog away from them. But sometimes people still want to talk and say hello. And we passed a gentleman on our walk. He had a bunch of little kids around him. And I think he said happy afternoon to us <laughs> as if he forgot how to say, how to speak to another human. Shall we conversation? Because it, it's like, it's like 1245. So yes. you can't say good you know, morning. Usually that's my go-to. It's like one word, quick. I think it's pleasant enough. But then when you pass 12 p.m., it's like, Afternoon feels weird. Yeah. Hi is... Just say hello. You can say hello. Hello. (laughs) Hi. You thought he said happy Halloween. (laughs) We passed him. And I I was so distracted. Well, well, his... uh, One of the little kids said hi. So then I had to say hi back. Yeah, we said hi. That's just rude. And then we got past him. and, And I think you said, what do you say? And I go... Well, I know, I'm pretty sure this is what he did not say, but it sounded like he said, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. <laughs> like, bro, it's September, what is it? 13th. 13th. As of, at time of recording. It's just, it's just like, you don't have to deal with people anymore during COVID. So it's just like a, probably a feeling of panic. And uh, yeah, you have uh, one second. Duh, Merry Christmas. I yep. mean, I mean, hello, I'm fine. I mean, shit. I mean, hello, how are you? <laughs> Sorry for your loss. What? Sorry for your loss. Before, like you would pass one on the sidewalk and right and walk right past them, like and not move. But now we're kind of everyone's kind of darting away, so you're too far away to like really say something. Right. But some people are still just trying to be nice. So yes, um, you have to kind of watch out for that and and see if you make the eye contact. Yeah. I always. It's always kind of nice when you when you see someone. You're you're getting close to someone, and you know that they saw you. You're you're few few feet away, and they look away first. I'm like, oh, okay, good. Yeah, I don't have to be the rude one. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Growing up in Northville, Michigan, Social. which is a very snooty place, I got used to people making eye contact and then darting away, because um, everybody thinks they're better than everyone else mm. in Northville. Um, but I like saying hi to people, but me too around here, but if someone's going to look away, I'm not going to force it and be like, that's fine. Yeah. Whatever. Don't force it. I like to telegraph as soon as possible that I'm going to go in the street so you can pass because I believe in etiquette and decorum. <laughs> I know it won't be worth much after the earth is a smoldering husk and it's, um, Mad Max times, but for now let's keep it going folks. This is riveting conversation, but it's all we have to go on. 
It's all we have to go on, and I think it's oh, relatable just content. Oh, walk. I think it's relatable content. I hope so. And there's not much to do anymore but take a walk, and that's what's happening on walks. Yeah. That's the most exciting thing. So until we get to Mad Max Fury Road conditions, let's be excellent to each other <laughs> to mix some movie metaphors. Hey, if you don't agree, if you don't think this is riveting content, <laughs> you can call and tell us. <gasps> call us. Call us at 929-456-0304. Oh, caught just the end of it. <laughs> let's do that again. Nine two nine four five six oh three oh four. Oh my God! What are you doing? <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. Uh, you can call and leave a voicemail to our Google Voice line. We've already gotten a few from a couple of effing pranksters, and I'm going to sprinkle them in here. Okay. A bunch of jerks. I don't even have milk here. I was yours yesterday. You shopping? I got the milk, eggs, and fabric softener. Motherfuck! Hey, uh, too much friends. Not enough Tim Allen. Oh, no. This is a serious customer service <laughs> helpline, okay? It's a C2R help desk. C2R help. I like C2R help desk. <laughs> I like calling it a customer service hotline because you'll never speak to anyone. You just leave a message. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that we, I'm really excited to get some voicemails from you. You can also leave a message through Anchor, and there's a link in every episode description, but you do have to set up an account for that. Oh. So just call the number. That's dumb. Which is, again... What is the matter with you? Reverb makes everything just just more uh, interesting, I think. You know what I watched this week? What? I watched the trailer for the new Dune movie. Oh, yeah. Can you, uh, can you please explain to me what Dune is? I cannot, actually. Okay. I know All I know is spice. There's some kind of drug called spice. There's mm. giant sandworms. But not like the Beetlejuice sandworms. They're a little scarier, a little bigger. Um, and Sting was in the David Lynch movie from the, what, 70s, 80s? That's, that's the extent of my knowledge. I know fear is the mind I don't killer. Know what's I know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's this fantasy world where anything is possible. One minute you could be sparring with an elf, and the next you could be, you could be battling against a troll who wants nothing more than just to steal your gold and leave you penniless. None of that made any sense to me. What a cool preview, though, right? I'm excited for it. Me too. I'm ready I'm, for a new universe. So am I. And you know what? Put Timothy Chalamet in a confusing as fuck movie and uh, got me hooked. Was, I'm in. You look so good. Oh, my gosh. Do you look at yourself? Was he your lifeline? Like, the way you kept grounded was Timothy Chalamet? Yeah. I was for, like, oh, he's in this. Okay. What's what's what is this? What's happening? It's a super secret spy has a motorcycle marooned in space meets Hercules or not. Uh, For me, it was uh, I'm blanking on his name. Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy. What's his name? But yeah, Oscar Isaac's in it. Um, it's, nothing but hunks. it's nothing but hunks and babes. 
Babes. Okay, Boomer. Dave Bautista. Oh, yeah, Bautista. He was my lifeline in this and, and my anchor because he was so much fun to watch in Guardians of the Galaxy, which was also throwing you into this wild intergalactic world. Mm-hmm. And it was a little jarring, but you had his comedy to ground things. So anyway, he was my lifeline in the trailer. I, okay. I, I gravitated towards him. Cool. For you, it was Sexy Pants uh, Chalamet. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the, the, the preview looks great. The the repurposing of the Pink Floyd tune was really uh, effective. And um, looks dusty. It looks really dusty. It looks. It made me thirsty. Looks like where Earth is headed. Um, yep. So let's pay attention and take notes when we see this movie because uh, we might be living that way uh, before long. <laughs> you make me sad. We have a couple notes from the last couple of episodes. The Terminator 2 and X-Men. Yes. Why don't you start with X-Men? Yes, I got a text from my friend Paul. Oh, Paul. Oh, Paul. He was very passionate and heated about this. Things got intense in this text thread. Uh, Paul wrote, Jeff, I really love, hate your podcast. I really love hearing you and Angie talk about movies like we're all just hanging out. Hey, that's the idea. Mm. That's great. I hate that I can't chime in with my own thoughts. Now you can call the voicemail line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like how Anna Paquin was the worst casting job for Rogue ever, <laughs> and she has dumb baby teeth. <laughs> dumb baby teeth. I just listened to your X-Men review. That was really mean, Paul. Paul, please! Um, <laughs> dumb baby teeth is funny. He goes on, I just strongly felt like someone missed a really good opportunity to point out Anna Paquin's dumb baby teeth. Is that bad? Is that something that shouldn't be on a podcast? I thought about that as I was going about my yard work. (laughs) Paul, that is something that I I don't think anyone has thought about. And hey, put us on when you're doing yard work. Yeah, I love that. That's a great idea. I love that you're listening during yard work. Thanks for listening, Paul. Paul is not Paul anymore. And I'm glad we could get your hot take your hot Anna Paquin take out there. I kind of like it. Last week, we had our first Arnold movie, and we forgot to mention a very important fun fact, Easter egg. No. Yes. Yes, Arnold. No. The new CTR mascot, when it came to life, it absorbed Arnold's body. It did. Have you? Did you notice? Did that body look familiar? Those delts are unmistakable. (laughs) Uh, those lats. It's like Arnold from the pumping iron seventies, eighties. Seven. It looks seventies. Full on weightlifter Arnold. Yeah. Yeah. From pump from the documentary Pumping Iron. So that's just a fun fact if you didn't notice. But that is Arnold's body. I mean, it's terrific, right? <laughs> so you know, I'm in heaven. Okay, we're here to talk about a new movie, though. We're here to get silly, and talk about movies, and that's what we're going to do now. So today, we're watching one of my favorite movies from the sixth grade, Harriet the Spy. It stars Michelle Trachtenberg and Rosie O'Donnell. And fun fact, it came out on my 10th birthday, July 10th, 1996. Aww. And it's actually the first motion picture from Nickelodeon Studios. So oh. let's roll the trailer. Oh, sweet. Okay. <laughs> Some kids collect insects. Others collect dolls. Harriet M. Welch collects secrets. What? What? What was that? Shake it up, take a sip, and wish for what you like most in the world. I want to see the whole world, and I want to run. 
write down everything. Yay, Rosie. Hey, what are you writing? Notes. Can we read them? Can you read this? There's no oh, sound squishy. Funnel. Stop, thief! Ah! No question she won't ask. Well, when you eat for a million dollars, camel burgers, dried roadkill, and my dad's meatballs. <laughs> and no way she'll ever get caught. Of course, my notebook. Looks like there's something in here for everyone. You wrote down the truth in your notebook, and your friends who weren't supposed to see it did. Harriet. 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 Harriet the spy. Let's trouble. Paramount Pictures presents Rosie O'Donnell. Good friends are one of life's blessings. Don't give them up without a fight. And introducing Michelle Trachtenberg. Harriet. Good to see. In the first motion picture from Nickelodeon. So many squishes. See the world through the eyes of a spy. I'm never caught. You're right. I'm never. Oh, look, ugly waterfall! Watch out. Got you. Harriet the spy. Jamie, what is this supposed to be? No, Mom, don't touch it. I am a spy. It's a good life. Harriet the Spy. I hope Hanna-Barbera got royalties from all those squishes <laughs> and glops and gloops. Okay. Harriet may only be in the sixth grade, but she's already found her calling to be a spy. In a private journal she takes everywhere, Harriet records suspicious activity and keeps a running list of observations on virtually everyone she knows. It seems harmless enough until one day, her nemesis, Marion Hawthorne, finds the journal and exposes Harriet's critical thoughts about her classmates. Suddenly, even Harriet's best friends are against her, and she resolves to take revenge. So oh, Harriet, great timing, great read. Yeah, Harriet is played by Trachtenberg, and Rosie O'Donnell plays Harriet's wise nanny, Gully. Oh, cool. G- yeah. Gully? As in Fern Gully? Is it a U or an O? I can't remember. Golly. Oh, I, I think it's O. Yet. I think okay. it's golly. Okay. Golly. It's kind of, you, you hear it like both ways a little bit. Golly, golly, whatever. Okay. So when you're thinking about this movie, what special memories bubble up when you're thinking about Harriet the Spy? Okay. I have two very important memories. Great. One is, so this isn't a spoiler. She's obviously a spy and you heard in the trailer that she okay. watches people and takes notes. So there's this scene at the beginning of the movie where it's a montage of her getting ready to go on her spy route. So she's grabbing all these tools and things like a mirror and gloves and her notebook and her binoculars. So she grabs all that stuff, puts it on a belt and heads out on her route. And I did that one day. Really? Yes. So I gathered up some fun things I could find around the house that could use be used for spying. I had one of those black and white notebooks mm-hmm. that she uses. And I headed out on my uh, sleepy little suburban block in a small town. Sleepy little Mason. And... Your hometown. We're going to play that when you talk about Mason. We'll talk... <laughs> We'll talk about how, I'll tell you how, you'll understand why after you see the movie that 
it just doesn't work. You you saw where I grew up. You've been to that street in that yeah. house. It didn't really it didn't really work at all. There was nothing to see. There's nothing to do. And I was too scared to leave the sidewalk in front of someone's house and like go up closer. Um, it, it just doesn't quite work when you've got a bunch of ranch houses yeah. kind of spread apart and um, you live on a street with a bunch of old people. So day six leaves still in the street. Yeah. Haven't been picked up yet. But I tried. <laughs> I wanted to be like Harriet. Yeah. And um, that's adorable. It, it didn't quite work. The other memory is I have very vivid memories of all the people, all the characters in this movie. So she's spying on her neighborhood. So there's people who own local businesses and neighbors and all of her friends at school and golly. And you'll see that they're all just, they're all cartoon characters that have come sure. to life. That's exactly what it is. I mean, it's it's from Nickelodeon. You can just imagine all of these characters uh, come to life. as animated as animated characters and they yes. just brought them to life in this movie. And I think that's why I really liked it as a sixth grader. That's going to be Because you're kind of transitioning from, I don't know, probably not watching cartoons all the time and watching real movies when you're, yeah. I don't know, getting like late elementary school into middle school. Yeah. So it's kind of a fun transition as a kid, I thought. It sounds like it. The story about you taking spying into your own hands mm-hmm. and going out and doing it uh, makes me feel closer to you. <laughs> because I've also, I can't think of an example now, but I've also, I did similar things where I'd collect a bunch of stuff to play pretend. And then once I started, I was like, this is dumb. Like this, yeah. this isn't real in my imagination. No, like, it did not work. We're too smart to like get lost <laughs> in our imagination. Like some uh, impressionable youngsters were. Yeah. <laughs> Look who knows so much. Huh? So I feel closer to you. Yeah. And again, the setting is just going to make it so clear why this could work where Harriet was in her neighborhood and where she lived versus yeah. what I was dealing with as a kid. Can I, can I ask you a pertinent question? Yes. Were you into pranks as a kid? Mm, no. Okay, me neither. I never liked pranks. No, I mean, I think there is a little bit like in late middle school, high school. It wasn't really pranks, but just like the boy and girl teasing. Sure. Like the girls against the boys. But I don't think it was really pranks actually no in high school there were some there was the the tping era so i guess that i guess that's a prank tping era tping yeah Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um i got you that happened yeah that but that was really the the tping or like putting shaving cream on someone's car oh shit i got you good you fucker that type of stuff i'm glad you're on the giving end and not the receiving end we got we got egged a time or two oh no I, i oh you did okay oh yeah Okay. Yeah, but you give My it as good as you get. My mom's car got it. it real bad one day. Yeah, ah, because of the how the cars were parked in the driveway, they D- they got uh, my mom's car instead of my car because I think my car was like in the carport or the garage or something. It was pretty bad. <laughs> that was the only time I got really bad, really really bad. Don't you wonder why, how they select their target? Like, why me? Why why did you egg our house? Why? Why? What have I done? We kind of did it first. Almost. You did it first? Yeah. Okay, it was, a, it was a hit back. Yeah. Strike, striking back, okay. Yeah. Counter-strike is what I mean to say. <laughs> Those are great memories. Yeah, so tagline, on your case. Okay. Yeah. Meh. 
Another one, you heard this in the trailer, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. Um, on your case is actually on the movie poster, but it said some kids collect insects, others collect dolls. Harriet and Welch collect secrets. I like that one a little bit better. Yeah, I like that too. Rotten Tomatoes, forty eight percent. Yeah, we're in not terrible medium stinky uh, territory. Yeah, which will happen with a with a kids movie. It's right. just bound to happen. Right, and. This movie is based on a book, and I'm thinking now, I don't know why I never read the book as a kid. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I should have. Yeah. But It sounds like a fun premise. Yeah. So that's really it. I mean, so Harriet's in the sixth grade. I was in the sixth grade. It's, it's one of those, like... This movie was made for me yes, in this like that. weird fantasy land. So, and did you see yourself in Harriet? We kind of—I don't know if you said this already, but did you see yourself at all in this character? Um, not really. Like, okay. I didn't—I didn't want to be a writer. That wasn't sure. my thing. But it was kind of a fun fantasy thing because she—she she was my age. I kind of liked the clothes she was wearing. I liked how she was a little bit quirky and had some fun friends. And it was just very different than what I was used to. So it was fun to let your imagination go. But I don't think I really saw myself as her. Got it. Different from your hometown. (laughs) Yeah. Got it. Right. That's great. Sorry. Sorry to sing Bruce Springsteen on this podcast. I don't. I don't. I don't I know, care for we, that. Yeah, we don't care for Bruce. Let's go watch Harriet the Spy. I learn everything I can, and I write down everything I see. Goldie says, if I want to be a writer, then I'd better start now. Which is why I am a spy. Sixth grade. All the usual suspects are back in action. First of all, there's Rachel Hennessy, Marion's second-in-command. The only thing more pathetic than being Marion Hawthorne is wanting to be Marion Hawthorne. Pinky Whitehead, the human fish belly. If Jamie's theory is right, then Pinky's DNA combined with a pint of vanilla yogurt at birth. Carrie Andrews thinks she's cool because she spent her summer vacation growing boobs. (laughs) (laughs) Boobs. Distracted by the humor uh, due to the scat singing in the background. I'm sorry. So what do I do now, Gully? Beauty is truth. Truth, beauty. That is all you know on earth and all you need to know. John Keats. What is that supposed to mean? Means you've got trouble. You wrote down the truth in your notebook and your friends who weren't supposed to see it did. Now there are only two things for you to do and you're not going to like either one of them. Like what? Well, you have to apologize and you have to lie. You said never to lie. I know. I did. Let me see how I can explain this. Sometimes a little lie that makes people feel better isn't really wrong. Wow, we watched Harriet the Spy <laughs> yeah. with C2R Hall of Famer, Rosie O'Donnell. What do we want to start with for it? You had a lot of comments about the music and the score. So let's talk about that first because obviously it underlines the entire film. So yeah, the music, you can start with that. Like, let's 
this track right here had me tapping my toes for sure during mm-hmm. the opening credits. And I can only describe it as underground coffeehouse hip hop big band jazz funk. That's what it sounds like to me. What? And it had me tapping my toes through the whole credits. And um, yes, the music. Let's fade this out because I'm going to sprinkle some other stuff as we talk about it. Lots of trombone. Um, the big band horn stab started to bum me out after a while. Too much, just too much trombone for my taste. But the score was jarring to me at first because there's this all-encompassing '90s inclusiveness of the score. It tried to be all things and encompass all genres. I felt like I was in the music department at Borders for a second. <laughs> Remember Borders books? Over the course of the film, you'll hear like '90s throwback exotica, Latin jazz. Afro-Cuban sounds, 60s soul jazz. There's metal guitar riffs over a big band rhythm section. There's jungle-style breakbeats. At one point, there's New Orleans-style funeral march music and, like, indie rock guitars sprinkled in. It's just... It's like a pan-stylistic score, and it was so ambitious. Because I remember world music being huge in the 90s. Yeah. Quote unquote world music, Mm -hmm. just sort of a catch all for, and sort of a watering down of culture for us white 90s palettes, (laughs) uh, music consumption. Just absorbing all genres, people's races, and creeds and synthesizing them for a mainstream audience. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I looked up who did the score, and it's Jamshid Sharifi. who is actually a name in the world of world fusion, quote-unquote, music. Oh, there you go. And it doesn't get any more 90s (laughs) than that. He's a Tony Award-winning composer, orchestrator, and keyboardist. He did the music for Muppets from Space, Down to Earth, uh, uh, Clock Stoppers. That's another Nickelodeon movie. And he contributed to the scores for the Tom's Crown Affair and the Rugrats movie. Oh, cool. He did the Rugrats Rugrats movie. movie. Yeah. Ooh. So I just wanted to... Make a note of that one. I, I just wanted to salute Mr. Sharifi. Um, I just thought his his score was incredibly ambitious and kind of fun. <laughs> Harrison. Harrison, uh, I know there's no jazz heads in our audience, but he has some real Kurt Elling vibes. Whoa, jazz. Whoa, bats. Whoa. Um, but this, the the score kind of goes into the setting of the movie because I feel like it, it fits really well. Yeah. So in the description of the movie, it says that they're in New York City. I'm kind of getting right. like a Brooklyn vibe of her neighborhood or maybe they're like in the village area, like just like way downtown. But the little that I know of New York and Brooklyn and the couple times I've been there, that's kind of what it feels like yes. to me. So with this type of music all in the background, her her parents, you don't exactly know what they do, but you know that, that they're in the entertainment world. Like I think the dad is like a screenwriter or something, yep. but they, they're, they're very accomplished. They live in a this really cool, beautiful home, but it's oh kind God. of artsy, like 90s artsy. So, yes. So it, it all kind of fits yeah. together. Yeah. It's sort of a, it's it's the mental image of New York that you get listening to the Beastie Boys. All cultures are represented equally yeah. and they blend together and everybody's groovy and mm-hmm. 
living in harmony and everybody's comfortable. It's, <laughs> it's my kind of New York. Yeah. It's safe, you know. Yeah. And so as a kid growing up in a very small Midwestern suburban town. Yes. This world was like fantasy land to me. It, it felt so far away, but so cool and so interesting. And I was watching this movie and I turned to you and I said, this setting looks like up the block on Harrison for us when we're taking walks and in the little neighborhood that we live in. Yes, we live in a historic, you know, on the outskirts of Chicago neighborhood. Yes, I got the same vibes. It's yeah. beautiful. And it was so cool to me because, again, I thought this was some mystical land yes. so far away and, and and so different than what I knew. And then I kind of ended up living in a neighborhood that feels just like that. That's pretty cool. And I thought it was really cool. I'm like, this is amazing because I thought it was... A made. I thought it was made up as a kid. That's why it was so like cartoony to me. Like I'm like, this doesn't exist. That's great. So that was really fun. But going back to my earlier story. Yes. So it starts out. We see Harriet kind of running around her neighborhood, hiding in alleys and um, peeking into windows at stores and spying on her friends up to their apartment buildings that they were living in and climbing in their windows. But I think it's clear now why my spy adventure. Did not work. Yeah. In on Hall Boulevard. Yeah, there was no um, <laughs> acupuncture place. No. You couldn't watch an old man. There's get, no get local, cupping done. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I get um, it. yeah, it just it didn't work. It wasn't the right setting. But yeah, that's fine. So we'll go into her friends and classmates. Well, wouldn't you eat for a million dollars? Bratwurst. Sport. Um. Camelburgers, dried roadkill, and my dad's meatloaf. Oh. When she's introducing her entire sixth grade class, you know, mm-hmm. the boy with the purple socks and yes. pinky white head, these are all just cartoon characters, right? That's great. Yeah. The, the purple socks made me laugh. The I'm snooty yeah. girl that's her nemesis with like her tight hair and like her, she's wearing what looks like, um, a school uniform, Marion Hawthorne, the the nemesis, but they're clearly like in a public school, but she looks like she's wearing a uniform. Like she goes to a private school. (laughs) Yeah. She reminded me of the little girl from Monster House, but the mean version. Yeah. She's really buttoned up. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Exactly. Cartoon character. There you go. She'll grow up to be some sort of corporate supervisor somewhere. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. But I love the description in the opening scene of all of her weird classmates and they're, they're all very, very different from each other. So mm-hmm. again, it's kind of this whole big, diverse, inclusive. And uh, when you get introduced to Marion Hawthorne, I, I really like how Harriet and her, her two best friends, Janie mm-hmm. and Sport, start to like physically convulse because they hate her so much. Yeah, there's lots of fun. <laughs> yeah, it's very kid um, play acting. Yeah. Pretend puking <laughs> and that always made me laugh. Creative descriptions of gross things, as you would expect from Nickelodeon film. Right. This is from Nickelodeon. Totally. And Janie, her friend, is very into science experiments. So she's yes. got this whole room of like beakers and mm-hmm. tubes and things bubbling. And she's always working on experiments. And one time, one of her things explodes in her mom's face. And it's yes. like, it's your Nickelodeon gack moment. Yep. They had to put that in. I announced aloud when that happened. Yeah. We got GAC. <laughs> a, yeah. a, a 
a slightly overweight middle-aged woman got slime on her face, so ring the ring the gag bell because <laughs> we got we got gag. And then we have Gully, her nanny, played by Rosie O'Donnell. Can you read this? Okay, okay. I just wanted to know why you're always writing like a maniac. I want to remember everything. I want to know everything. Well, you must realize, Harriet, knowing everything won't do you a bit of good unless you use it to put beauty in this world. True or false? True. Of course it is. Harriet, your mother called. She's going to be late. Come on, sport. Janie, I'll have you home before dinner. Golly always takes us places. She sees things other people barely notice. She's my nanny and, well, she's Golly. (laughs) So she plays this wise, uh, how would you describe her? I'm I'm surprised she wasn't cast as like the token wise black character. <laughs> what are you suggesting, my dear man? She has that sort of energy where she just pops in to deliver uh-huh. folksy wisdom. How long have you been with me, Gully? Since you were born. Eleven years and twelve thousand tomato sandwiches ago. And you'll never leave me, right? Well, I won't leave you, leave you, Harriet, but you know one day you're gonna be big enough. And well, well, big enough to take care of yourself. And when that day comes, you won't need me, and I'll be gone. But you know what? That day is not today. That was very sweet. Yeah. I like that scene. It kind of uh, sets up what happens a little bit later in the movie when... So Gully takes Harriet out with her uh, gentleman friend who comes over yes. for dinner one night. The parents are at some fancy... Yeah. New York party. They're always away doing like fancy dinner party things and stuff. They're they're not around a whole lot. But. Yes. And the mother is, uh, she's in succession, actually. It's fun. <laughs> um, yeah, she plays Jerry. Jerry. She's Jerry in succession. Their general succession. counsel. You never know how to, res- how to pronounce that word. Succession. Smishmashin. <laughs> and uh, the dad could either be... Neil Brennan or Seth Meyers, take your pick. Just yeah, one of those he's a kind of a com- <laughs> combination of the both of them put together. Yeah, and he mentions writing comedy. Yeah, so, I thought he's talked about a script or something. Script. So they're in a great script. Yeah, like they're very successful and kind of in the entertainment world, but you're not quite sure. So you can see why she maybe wants to be a writer. There's something creative in her blood. I think they seem like Ann Arbor folk, like really insufferable, creative, academic. <laughs> types that uh, I don't want to hang out with. <laughs> Which I'm sure it that's uh, what they were going for. What they were going for with this kind of downtown New York or Brooklyn yeah. thing. Can we go back to Golly for just a second? Uh-huh. There is a, there's a Mary Poppins yeah. flavor yes. to her. Mm-hmm. Just this magical uh, white woman <laughs> who swoops in yep. and delivers sage wisdom and uh, takes no nonsense. So that's that's the that's the flavor I was trying to get at before. There's yes. a Mary Poppins ish. Yeah, there's a Mary vibe. Poppins thing. Gully en- ends up leaving because Harriet is old enough to take care of herself. She's in the sixth grade. That happens so abruptly. It does. She Gully gets she kind of gets caught with her pants down because she takes everyone out for dinner. They go see a movie. When they get back to the house, the parents are there and they're enraged and mm-hmm. all of a sudden Gully's like yep I'm done mm-hmm. that was so, sort of abrupt I love the movie montage by the way yeah when uh, they go to like some film festival they go to see Matahari 
And uh, there's this montage of them watching the movie and enjoying it and laughing mm-hmm. and throwing popcorn at each other. It's just a blast. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. So she kind of gets fired and then the parents are like, no, we overreacted. That's that's not what should have happened. But Gully's yeah. like, no, it, it's time for me to go. Harriet is in sixth grade. She can take care of herself. Um, I'm out. So She bounces. So she's away for some of the movie. And yeah. this is uh, when things just hit Shit hits the fan, I should say. So we set it up that Harriet writes down everything in this notebook. She's yep. collecting secrets. And one day, someone takes her notebook and starts reading it. Oh, geez. You heard her, Mary. Give it back before I pound you into the cement. <laughs> Ooh, I'm so scared. Hey, maybe there is something in here for you. <gasps> Jane. Janie really creeps me out. I wonder if she'll grow up to be a total nutcase. That's hurtful. Oh, nutcase. Her best friend. That's her best friend. Ooh, ouch. Cut it out, Marian. Oh, maybe there is something in here for sport. No. Sport? Shut up. Fine, then. I'll read it right out loud so everybody can hear. No. Sport is so poor, he can't even afford food. Why can't his father just get a real job? (gasps) Oh, and get this as well. One day, I had to pretend he dropped a dollar just so he can afford some milk and bread. Oh. Ooh, harsh. Ooh, harsh, yeah. Harriet is narrating throughout the movie and she's writing down these, you hear her write these things down earlier. And then when they're read by Marion, yeah. you stuff is left out in her tone. Like it, just, it sounds so much worse than what Harriet yeah. wrote. And that, you know, that's what they're trying to do is just. Right. You can ha- see how they kind of did that to make it sound really, really bad. Harriet's sort of, I mean, some of it's mean, but she's really just creating a character dossier, I guess, on each of her friends. Mm-hmm. And in the hands of, of, of sorry, what's her name? Marion? Marion. In the hands of Marion, it's just, it's, it just sounds cruel. Yep. Sport, his dad, there's a really, there's a, a scene that I found disturbing. Yeah. He described, his dad's a writer, a struggling writer, looks to be a single parent. Um, and there's a scene where like his head's down on the de- on his desk and he's like kind of rambling like that yeah. in his sleep. And Sport calls it a day mirror as opposed to a nightmare. Yeah. A day mirror. And um, is that a euphemism for alcoholism uh, and or drug abuse? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's one of those things that was a little eye-opening as an adult. Like, uh, what were they going for here? Is sport okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, and the way sport was dancing around like a chicken and his dad was laughing his tits off. Yeah. Like, his dad must have been high <laughs> as shit. Time out, chief. Sorry to interrupt. Fucking smash, man. The weed's too strong. I'm itching. Is this PCP? The, the spirits have got me. Chief, the spirits have got me. Or drunk. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, He's using. 
uh, it, it, if it hits you a different way as an adult and it's kind of sad, but yeah. In the way that, you know, parts of Pee Wee's Playhouse are mm-hmm. sort of darkly shaded as an adult. <laughs> That's what yeah. I got from that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Harriet is, everyone turns on her. The whole class oh hates gosh. her. Her best friends, the, the bullying and like ha- hazing or whatever that happens is uh, way more intense than I remembered. Coordinated bullying that yeah. includes the adults. The The teacher is in on it, seemingly. I don't think so. Maybe I think she's just really oblivious and has no idea okay. what's going on. They no. seem to all gang up on her with the blue paint. Well, no, they, when the blue paint, when the kids pour the blue paint yes. on her, they pretend that they're helping clean up the by te- like yeah. taking paper towels and wiping it, but they're really just smearing it more on yeah. her. And the teacher is like, oh, okay, yes, let's work together. Let's clean this up. She's not in on it. She's just oblivious. I felt like, I felt like she was in on it. I don't think so. I think she a bad person. <laughs> but the the level of bullying, like- Taunting Harriet on her spy route where the kids are just like popping up everywhere and like banging pots and pans and it's just very disorienting. A kid today faced with that level of bullying may contemplate suicide. Sorry to take it there, but it just, it was really rough. It's really bad. It's really bad. Oh. And um, when Harriet finally, so so you feel really bad for Harriet. Like, you you know, like the, what she was writing down in her notebook was taken out of context and you do feel very bad for her when all the kids pour paint all over her that's kind of the breaking point and Harriet slaps Marion in the face and yes. it is like the most satisfying slap ever <laughs> very satisfying slap. it's a very satisfying slap and she kind of uh she loses it and and she kind of takes revenge on her classmates from there where's your notebook Harriet I don't know Marion have you looked up your butt <laughs> I love kid slams we you know this Dear listener at home, we love our kid slams um, from all the way back to... Fart ass. You know, what's it called? Fart ass. Now and then. Now and then. Yeah. Breast. That's great. You looked up your butt. Did you check your butt? Clearly Ed Helms uh, poached that line for the office or whoever wrote that line. (laughs) Did you check your butt. Yeah, so Harriet uh, kind of loses it. She takes revenge on the kids and then kind of gets, that's when the parents finally figure out what's what's going on with all of this and they they try to uh, take away her notebook, her the thing that's like, I don't know, although it, it kind of caused all this, but it's still like what again, her, her favorite thing. Another stabilizing agent taken from her. First it was Golly. Yeah. Then it was the notebook. We want you to stop with the notebook. Whatever, Jerry. Stop writing? Not forever, just as an experiment. Harriet, the world is filled with so many things a person like yourself could enjoy. Well, that's right. And and you're going to find that that sometimes just experiencing them can be enough. That's how I experience things. With my notebook. That really resonated with me. As someone who now writes for a living, I find I, I write to understand things. Mm-hmm. Like I have to write about like these scientific case studies and crap, and I gotta, I gotta write through it to experience it, understand it. That really resonated with me. I know some of these words. And I wish I would have tried her technique 
of spying on people and writing what I see <laughs> from a young age. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they take it away. It's crazy. Uh, she's so mean. Yeah, she's having a tough time. But they, the parents, get all worried and take her to that that child psychologist. He spends some time with her, and it it, it just comes out that there's nothing wrong with her. She's yeah. just she's a kid. She's and, a kid. Uh, getting bullied. This, yeah, she's a kid getting bullied, and that that's what it is. She was fine. Mm-hmm. But I like when they. Um, it always gets me choked up when they bring Gully back. Yeah, it's just a nice moment when they, uh, not not to to be her nanny again, but just I think she comes back for a visit to kind of talk. She's just a, talk to Harriet. Such an important influence on Harriet. So we played this drop a little bit earlier at the transition of the episode, but Gully comes back with some words of wisdom. So what do I do now, Gully? Beauty is truth. Truth, beauty. That is all you know on earth and all you need to know. John Keats. What is that supposed to mean? Means you've got trouble. You wrote down the truth in your notebook and your friends who weren't supposed to see it did. Now there are only two things for you to do and you're not going to like either one of them. Like what? Well, you have to apologize and you have to lie. You said never to lie. I know. I did. Let me see how I can explain this. Sometimes a little lie that makes people feel better isn't really wrong. Great, great folksy wisdom. Mm -hmm. And as we all know, kids love Keats. KLK. Kids love Keats. Um, Everybody knows that. Yeah. So she finally, now it's time to make amends. She kind of does her apologizing tour with her, well, at least her best friend's. And um, I like when the kid with the purple socks stands up for her when she suggests that she gets a chance to write the sixth grade newspaper. And that's kind of how she comes up with the idea to uh, make amends with everyone by using her talents. Yeah, Purple Socks Kid doesn't talk the whole movie and mm-hmm. then comes in with the most eloquent <laughs> yeah. monologue in the film. It's pretty cool. Yeah, so that's that's the movie in there. Her parents do actually apologize for taking away the notebook. They knew like that was not the right move at the time. Yeah, so Roger Ebert thought that the materials were here for a better film. Uh, the director, Bronwyn Hughes, has made one more suited for the after-school slot on Nickelodeon rather than a theatrical release. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can kind of I can kind of see that. Which I think is forgivable. I mean, yeah. it's Nickelodeon, come on. So still, sometimes the materials of a movie like this work on audiences not much concerned with style or polish. However, Harriet is a good role model, a smart, curious girl who keeps her eyes open and writes everything down. Which I agree with. I think they got the point across about her character and just being uh, curious. Sure. And wanting to know more things. Yeah. I thought that was good. And And good and nice. It is good and nice. (laughs) Nice and good. Nice and good. Good and nice. And uh, such such an ambitious score. I can't get over it. Yeah, like that. Like maybe they could have tightened that up. I don't think. Yeah, whatever. I have a couple. Who cares what I think. I have a couple of the random thoughts where I didn't know where to put these in, so we're just going to talk about them all at the end. Wonderful. So there is a scene when Harriet is making her favorite 
snack time, lunchtime food, a yeah. tomato sandwich with mayonnaise. Let's roll that scene. Oh. <laughs> God. Stand still, you little booger. <laughs> I'm telling you, just give me the big knife, this will all be over. Harriet, dear. You have taken a tomato sandwich to school with, with you. mayonnaise. With mayonnaise every day for the past five years. Don't you want a little variety? Nope. Not mm-hmm. even cream cheese with olive? Yeah. <gasps> yum, what? yum, yum. Or how about pastrami? Roast beef? How about the fancy cucumber kind with the crust cut off? Mom, I can't help it if I know what I like. And I know that I like tomato. Tell him, kid. <laughs> She's trying to cut a tomato with a butter knife, which we all know as adults is uh, completely impossible. Grab a serrated knife, kid. But I told Jeff while we were watching this that you will never be able to cut a tomato. Rather, e- even if you have a really good knife where mm-hmm. the tomato cuts easily or if you grab a knife that's a little bit dull, you will never not think about Harriet making a tomato sandwich when you go to cut tomatoes ever again. I think you're... Right. It comes into my mind every time I cut a tomato. <laughs> Tomatoes. Uh, it, just, it made me think of my mom because she's, she's a whiz around the kitchen and she always has, oftentimes she has like the exact tool you need, like the serrated tomato knife with the little teeth. Just yeah. slices right through. Slices right through. I like that. I know my way around the kitchen. There's a, a scene in when they cut to the kids at school and Pinky Whitehead is reading from Hamlet. It's just a transition scene, but it always made me laugh. Be or not to be? That is the question. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> the kids are is that a question? <laughs> is that a question? Whether it is nobler, nobler in the mind to suffer Send arrows of outrageous fortune or to take arms against <laughs> oh, a sea of terribles. I love how all the terribles. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. A sea of trouble. We all know that because of Billy Madison. I love how the kids are all moaning and. Uh, me too. <laughs> it makes me laugh. Ugh. Pretend, throw up. Yeah. You know, rolling. A lot of eye rolling, a lot of Liz Lemon eye rolls. It's great. <laughs> really enjoyed it. And. If you've listened to this podcast, you know we haven't moved on much from sixth grade humor. Fast. Fart ass. So, has it come to it? I think it has. Oh, my God. So, Jeff, I think we've we've, we've exhausted the topic of Harriet the Spy. So, have. it is time for the question that everyone wants to hear the answer to. Would it be cool or cruel to rewind Harriet the Spy? I'm going to say this has been really hard and it's come up right to the end. See, I learned some things on this podcast that I didn't know. I'm going to say it's cool. I'm so happy. Because I didn't, I didn't know about the 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 reenactment that you <laughs> pulled as a young one. I had to, I had to keep that secret in. Uh, when did we start this show? We started talking about it like in February. Yeah, when we started 
getting ready to make it. And Harry the Spy was supposed to be in the first few episodes, but mm-hmm. we shifted things around and kept thinking of other movies. Uh, but that was, that's been a story that I've had to hang on to. Well, yeah. I guess for 11 years, really. But we've never talked about this movie before until right. thinking of what we were going to do for this show. And then I was like, I, I have to hang on to that. I can't. I, know, I can't tell yeah, him about it. That's a great nugget. And I know that the name of the show is Cruel to Rewind, and it's not supposed to be a love fest. But <laughs> there's a lot of things you can extrapolate from that title. But I, I don't know if I have any inkling to watch the movie again. I have to say it's cool. You know, I can't just say it's cruel for ratings. <laughs> again, yeah, all of our important ratings. This this podcast has me falling in love with movies that I would have just looked past, yeah, or yeah. dismissed. You know, I didn't yeah. think I'd like Hook so much the second time around. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I'd enjoy it now and then. God, I did not think I was going to want to watch Unforgiven again with Clint Eastwood. Exactly, hamburger what? in my bed. Those shirts are in the works. <laughs> Somebody put a hamburger in my bed. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, take we're taking our time with it. Um. Yeah. Awesome. Yay. I liked it. And I it, would watch it again. And it was a, another movie I used to have on Orange VHS that I gave up at some point. So, Well. Just to let you know, if we can find another copy to add to our collection. I'll be scanning <laughs> eBay when we click stop in Ableton. Yes. Have you looked much uh, for a copy? Uh, have you looked up your butt? <laughs> okay folks we really hope you enjoyed that episode you know send us an email at cruel to rewind at gmail.com and leave us a message at 929-456-0304 if you have any feedback or creative criticism creative criticism constructive criticism is what human beings call it um or if you need help Saving a, a PowerPoint file to a PDF. It is a help desk too. Yeah. If if you need help compressing the images so the file is smaller and you can send it to your supervisor, um, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> I know Word. And I can open a document, save it, save as, print, print preview. And of course, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Cruel to Rewind. Jeff, tell us, tell our dear listeners what's coming up next. So don't get mad. We're actually taking a week off. What? We, I know. Record scratch. Can you believe this motherfucking shit? Because we need to prepare for C2R Spookums <laughs> It was a graveyard smash. It will be. It will be a graveyard smash. By the time we're done with it. <laughs> Sorry. Um, we need to prepare for Halloween. We have we have plans. We have yes, big plans. We have a very special lineup that we will release shortly. Just check our social channels. But we've got a really fun lineup that we're looking forward to. Um, some of the movies are going to be a little bit, the criteria is a little bit different than, you know, I share a movie Jeff hasn't seen, vice versa. We've picked some special things, some special movies um, for the month of October. Yes. So. 
It's going to be spookifying. <laughs> Sorry, spookifying. <laughs> There's going to be mummies, goblins, ghouls, ghosts, zombies, Draculas. You know, all the characters you know and love. I can't promise all of that. That's <laughs> just fun every verb. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. Okay, folks, be safe on that West Coast. We're thinking of you. Um, keep your windows shut. Eat your vegetables, like we always say. Mask up. Make sure the mask is over your nose and mouth. Thank you for listening. Stay cruel out there. And happy rewinding. Au revoir, Monsieur Soleil. <laughs> Ciao. I have to go now. My planet needs me. Until next issue. I remain your faithful correspondent, Harriet M. Welsh. Press. Don't you love the ending of the really boring uh, pageant? Okay, bye. Bye. Good job. Good. Have fun. Bye, 